What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at this is Fightful Wrestling, and it is May 25th, 2022. If you want to hear a somewhat interesting story about how I had to fight YouTube copyright to get that intro on the air, and probably will again. That is on the list, and your girl goes on. Uh, that's right. Denise joined me for the list and your girl today, and it was a great conversation. We quite literally got an AEW media policy, maybe overturned on that show. So there will be uh, recordings of the scrum this weekend. Uh, we've got AEW Double or Nothing coverage this Sunday, but right now it's AEW Dynamite. We got Alex Palowski here. Alex, how you doing? Uh, uh, after that main event, I'm doing very, very well. I uh, I missed Samoa Joe so much, and I really thought that <laughs> that in NXT when he came back the second time, they were priming him for a really fun run as champ versus the top guys of the new class of black and gold. And then whoops, 2.0 happened. Bye-bye Samoa Joe. And we got to see a match tonight that I'm fairly sure we would have seen at a takeover. Kyle O'Reilly versus Samoa Joe. And if that match at the takeover had been like this, I would have been all thumbs up about it. I'm so happy after seeing that match tonight. Wow. What a great match. Chris rain sends in a humper chat. Says A plus dynamite, in my opinion. I wouldn't put it at A plus. I thought it was decent. Rarely do I think it's bad. But you know what, guys? You can get your questions, your statements read on the air by donating a super chat here at youtube.com slash fightful or over at humperchats.com. That is our Streamlabs and PayPal platform. And how about this? If you can't watch our show live, Humper Chats are a great way to get those questions and statements in well ahead. Uh, we've got a bunch of content for you this week, especially AEW content. I dropped a Hangman Page interview on Tuesday. We got an RJ City interview that I definitely didn't film three months ago that drops on Thursday. Today on FightfulSelect.com, we broke the news that Killer Cross was originally supposed to face Wardlow. And he said, uh, you know what? Maybe I want present presented a little bit of a different way. You know what? I see it. I get it. He said basically what I heard was that he wanted his presentation to be more like NXT than it was in WWE. After what the guy went through, I said, you know sure. what? I get it. Uh, so subscribe to FightfulSelect.com because this Sunday, will you and Kate have a post show? Yeah, we sure as hell there will. You, go. you you gotta you got a post show over there, but I will be doing the first AEW post show, AEW pay-per-view post show that I've done. In over a year, we've got uh, Will that will be at the show. Um, if live streaming is still allowed to the Scrum, we're going to have him uh, live streaming that. I'm going to be getting fed information from the Scrum directly. So on our post show that I'm doing with Julie Cutler, who some of you might remember from our Backlash predictions, uh, we're going to be able to keep you guys up to date there. That way you don't miss anything from that. You're getting all the pertinent information. But on top of that, Grapsity this weekend has uh, what Will teased as one of the six men in the tag team title match this Sunday will be on Grapsity. So, um, man, there's so much that we've got to talk about here. Uh, but let's go ahead and get into AEW Dynamite. This show brought to you by NordVPN.com slash Fightful and HelixSleep.com slash Fightful. Matthew Makovsky said, a coin drop Sunday, Wednesday, or a different time? I think um, Sunday would make a lot of sense, but 
LA is LA is like unofficial New Japan territory. You know what I mean? They they almost killed the town out there yeah. uh, at one point. Which one do you think? Um, I think if if um, I mean, it all depends on really honestly who you're going to have a kind of face. Um, uh, like I, my my personal choice would be just because you know life is fleeting. Um, we have no idea if this is going to work, if they're going to do more of these, they probably will. But if we only get an Okada for one match in AEW, there's one guy I want to see him face. Yes. And that's Danielson. I got I, I, I got to see Brian Danielson versus Okada just once. Yes. So, yeah. And I would rather them do that while they got both of them. Cause you never know mm. what's going to happen. Absolutely. And Brian Danielson's career is is very is a is a very clear example of that. So, right. guys, we are locked in all weekend. Um, today we had the list and your girl. The list and your girl goes on tonight. We got the AEW show tomorrow. RJ City interview. You got the spotlight with Steve and Jeremy. How about this Thursday night? Joel Pearl and Cresta with our new Impact post show review. I am so glad that you guys responded so well to that. I apologize that YouTube screwed up that live video last week. Oh, well. But either way, uh, Friday, we got the Rampage SmackDown review. Saturday is Grapsity. Sunday, two AEW post shows. You can stay up till 4 a.m. watching our post shows if you want. And that's just if you watch only me and Kate. Yeah, that's just if you watch them. Because there's no time (laughs) limit on Alex and Kate behind the paywall. So subscribe to FightfulSelect.com because I got a bunch more news for you. J.K. Schwal says, hopefully not too much of a fantasy booking question. But is somebody flying out to Vegas... How in the world do you pace this card on Sunday? Not a lot of bathroom break type matches on this card. And I still think we're going to see like Paige Van Zant's debut added to this. Like, I think we're going to end up with 13 matches or 12, 12 or 13 matches on this show overall. Yeah. Um, how do you pace it? E, uh, I would not be shocked to see a squash in there. And by that, I mean, MJF and Wardlow. Like it right. wouldn't shock me to see Wardlow just kill MJF, but um, I'll tell you how you pace it. You don't pace it. You go balls to the wall the you whole time, Alex. You, you have to. You have to. You have to say, everybody. I hope you don't feel like you need to pee at any point in this time, or I hope you wore your adult undergarments because uh, we are not. We're not breaking this thing. You, you, you're, you have to watch all of these great matches in a row. I'm very sorry, but uh, we're not gonna just like. Let's 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 slow it down and give you a Baron Corbin versus Madcap Moss. No, 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 no. We're gonna go a hundred miles an hour. I think realistically, House of Black and uh and and uh, Death Triangle may not be the top eight matches on the card. I think it yet, should have been on Rampage. Th- and yet that match should be crazy and amazing. So I, I can't wait for this card. I can't. Yeah, um, Ken says, I genuinely don't think we're getting a Danielson singles match at Forbidden Door, but I do believe his match will lead him in the G1. Yeah, If they want to do like, like if they decided to go, well, we'll do Danielson and Moxley against Tanahashi and Okada. Right. That would, you could main event the show with that as well. Yes, you know could. what I mean? Really good. That would count for me, by the way. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. I would be all right with that. Jarluck said, heard the name Miro tonight, looked up in Glee only to see some weird commercial about whiteboards. He's in Bulgaria right now, I believe, uh, uh, handling to some personal business. But uh, Wardlow handled some personal business tonight. Oh, yeah, he did. 
I love that MJF used the Shawn Michaels shorts. Our friend Wrestle Ramble, Wrestling Rambles uh, popped in here earlier and mentioned the biker shorts. That was a callback to Shawn Michaels. Yep. I like the different ref shirt. Yeah. He's with, been with doing those bicep pattern. curls. Yeah. He's looking great. Um, this was great because MJF enforced rules more strictly than Rick Knox. And uh, he got hit with a chair in the head and it was very clearly gimmick to me. Right. And yeah. I was like, hope that's a working chair, especially mm-hmm. from the way that Sean Spears has been known to throw him yeah. <laughs> in his day. Uh, so it looked like it was, I thought MJF sold it amazingly. Perfect. I, I thought this was exactly what it needed to be. be. There were times in this match, Alex, where I said, Oh my God, they're going to beat Wardlow two day or three days before. And it would have made sense to do that. And you keep him, technically away from the title match right so to speak but he ends up getting that win power bomb power bomb power bomb power bomb uh, i i love it I, I thought this was this may have been my favorite thing on the show uh yes uh i i love that they went with the the only way to win this match is by pinfall or submission inside the cage yes because it could have been an escape thing and then you could have gotten this whole thing of like Sean Spears trying like crazy to get out of the cage and Wardlow getting him, you know, throwing him out uh, uh, as well. I thought when I was booking this ahead of time that they were probably going to have the escape rule to get to win the match and that MGF would f- refuse to count a pinfall yes. for, M- for Wardlow and Wardlow would flip him off and then jump over the cage. Like, just, like, in three, like, quick mojos to get to the top of the cage and then jump off and, like, I won. You can't stop me from winning that way. But I love that MJF got hit in the head by Sean Spears accidentally, and they just have another ref, because that's what you would do. But MJF gets to, probably in a promo before Double or Nothing, say, that didn't count because (laughs) it had to be me as the ref to decide the match. Of course, he's going to find any way he can to make him himself the victor. Um, I think this is this is great. As you said, I think a squash match would work because no matter what, MJF will find a way to cut a promo to make it seem like he didn't actually get squashed. This could range from a complete squash match to, I don't know, like a 20, 25-minute match. Right. If they went 30 even, yeah. it's just for the amount of matches on this show. Like, who knows? You also got to remember the show's four hours. Right. But... MJF has proven repeatedly he can make anything work. Yep. There were people that used to say that, oh, well, that, they would the comparison, compare him to The Miz. He ain't never had a performance like The Miz had on Monday. I'll tell you yeah. that much. Nope. Not once. What we saw against Darby, match of the night for me. Like that yeah. was unbelievable stuff. That what we've seen against match. CM Punk is this high drama. Yeah. He is one of the most versatile performers in wrestling, and he doesn't get the credit for being one of the most versatile performers in wrestling because they know him as obnoxious heel that goes for the low-hanging fruit. But the thing is, he goes for the low-hanging fruit if he doesn't like you. If he hates you, he cuts very, very, very deep and messes up your entire life and ruins you. So that's where I think that versatility comes into play, and I thought this was masterful. Mm -hmm. And... um. I can tell you, like, when Johnny Gargano was on his way out, making people was something very important to him. They set up Indy Hartwell. They set up Austin Theory 
and they got a couple people. Gargano knew he was leaving. Yep. MJF right now has made it pretty clear, like, doesn't know if he wants to hang around right now or even then. They've gotten their return on this guy based on the money that they would be paying him through these five years. They've already got their return on him based on the matches and moments he's had and getting Wardlow over to this degree. This has been a multi-year build. Yep. Chris says Wardlow is a freaking star. That he is. He sure is. And Joey Bagadonut says, can you think of a wrestler in recent times that's been built as well as Wardlow? Just a masterful job. Uh, Hangman. Yeah. Hangman the two-year-old. Yeah. I I think that Wardlow being built from just a a giant beefcake who, who doesn't even wrestle very often to being this guy who now, after beating Spears, is 50 and 8 over his career. Like, that's a crazy record for a guy who never wrestled for, like, the first several months of his career. He had, like, that match against Cody and a couple other things. But that's about it. So now, um, like, he's gone from just being a, a nothing to this, as opposed to Hangman, who came in, and let's not forget, was in the match to decide the first ever AEW champ. So he started out near the top. Wardlow was just a bodyguard, and that's it. Yeah. My God, uh, what a segment this was. Guys, leave a thumbs up if you don't mind on this video. Uh, get in your super chats and helper chat. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. That's and share this link on social media. Can't tell you how important that is. Powerbomb me Wardlow says had war pigs playing in the headphones while War Daddy walked out. What an epic walkout that could be. Here's a little something planting that idea. Yep. They don't play it Sunday, at least to be playing at my house. I've been begging for this. For weeks. Yeah. And Doug Kahn says, any chance Wardlow comes out to War Pigs on Sunday? I've been asking people if they licensed it. And I've been told that it, I got an IDK. Mm. So, mm-hmm. Rich Southwood says, please tell me I'm not the only one who thought that Sean Spears looked like Casey Jones from Wish.com. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great reference. And you know what? That's a Casey Jones in wrestling is a good gimmick. I mean, yeah. CM Punk wanted to be Casey Jones, for the love of God. It's true. Bako 5 says MJF has the perfect excuse to uh, lose to Wardlow with that chair headshot. Kind of mm-hmm. loved the spot. Like, how could he possibly be recovered? Yeah. How could he possibly be recovered? I, I'm, not, I'm not cleared. I'm still seeing I'm double, triple, quadruple. There's like seven of you here, Tony Schiavone. Yeah. Totally All Elite Dan says, what a perfectly booked match from start to finish. Wardlow's a star who conquered the odds, while Spears and MJF are the heels who messed up big time. And I don't think you can really, you, you can't gloss over how important Sean Spears has been to all this. Like, yeah. from I remember I was watching an episode of Dark, and Wardlow did a powerbomb, and the crowd chanted for more. And he teased it, but didn't do it. And I was like, no, he should do it. He should do it. And Sean Spears should get upset about it. And that's exactly what happened. Like the, yeah. the intricacies of this and Sean Spears has helped out so much 
Volob says, isn't exiting the cage normally a DQ in AEW? Not that I'm complaining. It makes sense. MJF was the ref and he wasn't going to DQ Spears. I mean, I don't know that much is really a DQ, they, they except for the great Ocon, apparently. But <laughs> I don't think they've ever done the, the escape rule in a cage match in AEW. But in a match refed by MJF, he could have easily just changed the rules. Oh, by the way, Sean Spears yeah. is allowed to win by, by jumping out of the cage. Go for it, Sean. Like, you know. Chris says, for me, MJF is a throwback to the best parts of the Attitude Era and fits so much better in AEW than he would in WWE today. Um, I think that he could make, again, I think his versatility is the reason why he can make it work almost anywhere. I think MJF would be almost like supernaturally good at sweet-talking Vince into letting him do whatever he wants yeah like he'd be be so good at sitting down across the the desk from vince and by the end of it vince will think it's his idea that's what i that's what i think mjf will do yep and that's the way that people say that paul Heyman used to talk to people is like he would make you think that it was a good idea no matter what brent says sabbath is my favorite band i've seen them twice if wardlow walks out to war pigs the mark out might be fatal i i hope it happens it'll be perfect I, i've been saying it uh by the way we did a prediction stream with andrea hanks and i said I, I want him to walk out to war pigs or walk out silently then break the handcuffs and then war pigs hits he already Ooh. broke the cuffs tonight i feel like if you do that i that, know it, it becomes a gimmick thing that then i know i wish they would have saved it for your idea but i still liked it tonight where they where they made him wrestle the first half of the match in the cuffs kylie says great dynamite but dudes i need some help me and my friend are gonna be watching double or nothing we need food suggestions anyway stay awesome fightful so I like to do like a little snack tray, you know, with the cheeses and the pepperonis and crackers sometimes, but pulled pork nachos are my jam. Mm. Like you get some pulled pork. If you can make it yourself, that's great, but you can buy store-bought as well. Uh, Get some tortilla chips, get some nacho cheese. You can decorate them however you want. All the extra stuff, that's a good jam. Also, stuff like potato skins are really great for wrestling shows as well, especially if you're having people over. I get to have people over. Like, I get to watch this show with my wife and my best friends. Cher Delaware's coming in. I got the nice. toy vomit people coming in. I'm like, holy crap, I get to actually enjoy a wrestling show with friends. It's going to be uh, a lot of fun, which, I mean, I always enjoy it live there because I'm with a bunch of media people that I talk to every day anyway. Yeah. Oscar says, pour one out for the security guard that was powerbombed into oblivion by Wardlow. I mean, those are so nameless. They're like putties from uh, from Power Rangers at this point, or foot he, soldiers. He powerbombed him into the cage wall, and then he slid down between the cage and the apron. That could not have felt good. <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. Um, they showed the Jade Cargill-Anna Jay segment. Rerun says, nice they used Anna Jay's random tag matches on Dark as Anna learning new techniques. Disappointed the New Year's Eve tag has resulted in nothing. Uh, Anna does need to progress, I think, from from her promo ability because Jade Cargill has like that natural charisma to where pro wrestling delivery doesn't necessarily need to happen with her because I'm going to believe anything that she says no matter what because she's so convincing physically. I think that Anna Jay has a little bit to grow there. This is also a match like 
I think they could have put tonight or rampage and it would have really stacked those. And I've mentioned this to you before, Alex, when I went to that rampage before full gear, it conditioned me to be like, okay, I can get into town on Saturday nights for these pay-per-views now. Right. Yeah, I agree. I, I wish there was something better for, for Jade. Not, not, no, no disrespect to Anna Jay. I think she's great. She's already lost the match to her before. This is the first woman to ever get two chances at Jade Cargill's title. Um, and the match sim- sim- seemed to be built, but like Anna Jay decided like, oh, there's a brawl and somebody I like is getting beat up. I'm going to go and get involved in that. Oh, just for that, you get a title match. That's why I feel like the, the draw isn't this match. It's whatever happens after. I think maybe there's like a surprise after coming out and challenging Jade for like the following week, uh, the following Dynamite in LA or something for to a big match. Something like that because it just it just doesn't feel like it's a big enough uh, match for the for the TBS title and for Jade Cargill. Yeah, and occasionally I'll have people say, "Well, who should beat Jade? Who should beat Jade?" I said this about Walter. I said this about Roman Reigns. The answer is TBD. Yeah. You don't do it until you know they're the right person. Now I look and I say, "Okay, Cody's the right person to beat Roman Reigns." Ilya Dragunov had that first match with Walter. I said, all right, he's a guy that could beat him. Sure, one of the greatest matches I've ever seen in my life. Give me that. That's that's fine. Yeah. So uh, I think that Jade, it should be like a TBD type of thing there. Sawyer says, this was only AEW's third or fourth Cade match, including Blood and Guts, and they're explicit about no escapes. Low-key, one of the reasons AEW is still so refreshing. I wouldn't mind the escape rule nearly as much, Alex, if WWE's hadn't been where well, you can walk through the cage door, too. The door, the door is the worst. The like, only time I have liked the door is when Owen jumped halfway across the ring to try to get it, and he got his foot yanked. Yeah. The door, I have thought since I was a little kid that that was the dorkiest bullshit I've ever seen. It is. It is. It's the Just worst. loathe it. Loathe it. Oscar says, is there something more to Miro not being booked? Seems strange that this monster push and vignettes were cut short from one week to another. Well, he had a torn hamstring. And as much as I'm sure he would have loved to have just competed with a torn hamstring, uh, that wasn't going to happen. I don't know how exactly that works now, but yeah. Nathan DePaul says, I think they're doing this because they know Anna and Jade can work well together. You know, that's probably a good reason to it's it's safe. Hey, Millie says, I love AEW lately, but I've been really frustrated with their women's division. Neither of the tag matches needed to happen tonight, and you could have easily replaced them with an Anna Jay showcase match before her pay-per-view or have the other Owen semi. I, I do think if Anna Jay was going to compete at the pay-per-view, she should have gotten a big win in route to that as well. Yep. So I'm, I'm in agreement with that. Yep. Well, we had CM Punk and Hangman Page. I thought this was really good and honestly i think this could have main evented the show i know AEW doesn't necessarily like to main event on a promo but i thought that this was incredibly done hangman page got that crowd chanting cowboy shit yeah i did and uh when you hear about his passion for ring of honor you know it's true and he finds a way to babyface everything um he took time off 
He confirmed that to Fightful, uh, that he was taking time off for the birth of his child. Tony confirmed that to Fightful as well, uh, back when that happened. Then he came back and he cut a promo and he said, you know what, I would have loved to have been world champion, but I wanted to be a father more. And everybody there was like, this isn't superficial, this is real, I believe it. Yeah. There are a lot of people that look at CM Punk and they don't like him. And that's going to happen. So him saying... I'm not just defending my AEW championship. I'm defending all elite wrestling from you was yep. so masterful. Yeah. CM Punk. It's so funny because CM Punk was a lot of what people call him out for in this promo. Yeah. He was a hypocrite. He did this rambling promo about how Hangman talked in circles and Hangman didn't talk in circles. CM Punk was talking in circles. Mm -hmm. He made no sense. And then he was like, yeah, but you're, you're a bit of a bitch because you won't shake my hand, so you're going to do it. Mm -hmm. And gets up in his face, gets Hangman Page to punch him. However, if I'm anybody there, like I don't think that like Hangman got super owned here and like CM Punk's in his head. I just look at it as CM Punk just got punched in the face by the world champion. Right. I'm excited to see this match because... This isn't something that you see a lot of in these face-to-face -face confrontations. This was that one punch, and that's the limit of the physical interaction. Yeah. How'd you feel about all this? I know I just covered a lot of ground there, but I was very excited about this promo. I really enjoyed it. I I loved every second of this because this is this. I feel like watching this. This can only be building to the stuff I've been fantasy booking, which always makes me happy. Um, but uh. But the thing of, of um, Hangman being righteously indignant about how, like, no, 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 you're a hypocrite. Uh, we don't, we, this, I, I'm, I can't let you be the champion because you, you, you can't be the champion. I, I'm the champion because I protect AEW. I am defending my house. This is where I live. This is my, this is my home. I'm defending it from you as, it was, as though Punk is some interloper. And the best part about it is that Punk's reaction to that is to be like, listen, man, I said it before. I don't know what you're so upset about. This is not personal. It's business, which is a very babyface thing to say, but a very heelish way of saying it in the context of what Hangman is doing. But he, but the thing is that he could have flight off the handle. He could have insulted Hangman, but all he said was, like, listen, you're the champion. And a damn fine one, and maybe the toughest guy here. And the locker room is full of guys who want their shot at your title. That's the way this business works. I got my shot at the title, and I believe I can beat you. He didn't add, but he might have. If I didn't think I could beat you, I shouldn't be in the ring with you. So yes, I am confident, but it's not personal. This is just business. And all of that, when taken out of context... Seems like a guy who's just being a good dude and he's a good professional wrestler who wants to be champion. But in the context of where Hangman is coming from, it pisses off Hangman all the more because it feels like Punk is lying to his face. Being like generic, like um, genuinely smarmy about the whole thing. And so when it drives, when it, and Punk, the baby face asks you to shake his hand. And like you're gonna shake my hand because we're gonna do this like men, the Ring of Honor way, and and that pisses off Paige more, so he punches Punk. And if you're watching this, you could easily have the the opinion of 
Hangman's the baby face. He's the guy who's protecting his house from the interloper. And you could also, somebody else could have the same, the, the different viewpoint of CM Punk is the baby face here because he just wants to have a match because it's business, not personal. And both of you can be right, but by the end of the match, one of you will be wrong. Because they're going to do something in this match, I believe, to make it very specific. Either Hangman goes someplace where he never thought he was going to have to in order to beat Punk and retain the title, and therefore he's the heel at the end. Or what I think, Punk realizes he's not going to be able to beat Hangman, but he is going to be the top, the champion at the end of this match. And he blatantly cheats to win. And I think that the double turn in that moment of everybody rooting for Punk by the time that happens in the match, but then feeling betrayed by Punk by the end of the match is going to be an absolute masterpiece of booking. Joey says, if Punk turns heel this Sunday and forms an alliance with MJF, the internet might break. I don't see that happening. I yeah. Punk could turn heel. I don't think he's going to yeah. align. Yeah. Brent says, feels like Punk is gaslighting the hell out of Hangman it's here. Masterful it is. Yeah. Chris says, perfect uh, storytelling in that segment. And Nerd Guru says, Add this to the list of promos Kate can recite. The roads that took you or that you took to get here were paved by me. The house that you that built was, was constructed with the lumber of trees I chopped down. It's great. It was so good because, like, was it necessarily? You could argue that. Mm -hmm. Was it just him? No. So it was like an egotistical thing for right. Punk to say because – those roads had been paved like a decade prior. Yeah. Like it wasn't recent when, when hangman was, was traveling that, that road to when punk was yeah. Tom Lavalley says the face to face was immaculate. I could not look away. Punk is going in as the face, but he's going to be such a heel with that belt over his shoulder. Yeah. I think there's a lot of money and a lot of great baby faces to be made and CM punk working as a heel because we're approaching about a year of, of punk and, I feel like the we're so glad he's back is is beginning to wear off. So now yeah. it's time to get that that really good stuff. Let, let's get the CM Punk that was so disgusted by wrestling. Yeah. Now, granted, it was specifically WWE, right. but he had he also had a disdain for all you people as well. Mm -hmm. But he meant it. He meant it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Nerd Guru says this had to end, has to end with Punk turning heel in the most dastardly way and leaving Las Vegas through the crowd, blowing a kiss to Hangman after he shakes his unconscious hand. <laughs> Chef's kiss. Yeah. Ooh, that'd be good. That'd be that'd be interesting. You, you, you know, if he if he did something that dastardly, Alex, you might yeah. have to ask Punk, how how can you sleep at night? Oh, and yeah. no. and I know how. On his helixsleep.com slash fightful mattress. I got my helixsleep.com slash fightful mattress last year. Had it ever since, and it has changed my life. Um, the the short period of time that I did not get to sleep on this while moving uh wrecked my back. So I am so glad that I have my helix back. And uh it it has fixed a lot of things. It's improved my quality of life. I invested in my sleep, and then I hit up these people and I said, Hey guys. I want to work with you. And they said, yeah, well, we want to work with you too. So let's do it. I took a quiz. It took just two minutes to complete, matched my body type with my sleep preferences and got me the perfect mattress. I uh, matched up with the Dusk Luxe model. 
because I didn't want something that was made for somebody else. But I also worried about what would happen if I didn't go to a mattress store and try it out. And this was during the pandemic. I did not want to be rolling around on a mattress somebody else had been. They've got soft, medium, firm mattresses. They got ones that cool you down if you sleep hot. Ones that uh, are good for spinal alignment that prevent uh, morning aches and pains. And plus size mattresses for plus size sleepers. I love this. It has improved my quality of life. I actually get sleep now. And then when I'm short on sleep, my quality of sleep during those hours is greatly improved from that slide of the memory foam that I was on before. They have a 10-year warranty. You can try it out 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. Right now, you get up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash Fightful. Here's a great thing. They even have flexible financing options and payment plans. So a great night's sleep is never far away. This is one of my favorite sponsors. There is nothing on our show that uh, we had that somebody here hasn't tried and loved. And Helix Sleep is something that I have tried and loved and it has changed my life. I've spoken uh, openly about how I broke my neck over a decade ago and it was very difficult to sleep for a very, very long time. And this has helped me just drastically invest in your sleep. You spend ideally a third of your life in bed. So, oh man, let's get to these super chats. We got plenty of them right now. Patriarch says, hasn't been built super well, but I get the impression they're trying to make Anna one of the people who really raged, ruffles Jade's feathers, unlike other opponents. Yeah, I'm just not buying that she's going to win this match at all. Not mm-hmm. even a little bit. Right. Not even a little bit. Uh, somebody's saying, Eddie's not believable as a world champion. Anybody is believable as a world champion. It's not real. <laughs> Nerd Guru says, always an honor to see the setup, uh, <laughs> see the segue uh, for Helix Sleep. Greatly appreciate it. Sawyer says Punk being a gaslighting uh, a-hole, pretending he doesn't know why anybody would hate him. <laughs> a just asking questions type. Yeah. Chef's kiss. Yeah, I mean, for, for believe me, you're going to see a lot of asshole political commentators this week. And there are a lot of them that are like, do you really like Liberty? Like that. <laughs> and that's what Punk's doing here. He's like, you're really that mad at me? What? What? Yeah. Yeah. What happened here? Like yeah. that's that's him right now. And there you go. Yas burned a man's face backstage wearing a Moxley shirt. Listen, this song, <laughs> you're gonna get a fireball because I'm a wizard. <laughs> popped me. And oh, I boy. feel like it was a line to pop the boys. Sure. And it worked. Sure. I laughed my ass off at this. Uh we got Reese Powers says, uh, as soon as I saw, well, actually, that's for the match, but Yas burned this man's face. This was so funny. Um, uh, that that was that was good. I, I didn't understand what the point was. And then when the fireball showed up, I was like, oh, right, of course. How silly of me. Just ra- yeah. randomly fireball a man. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. Well, uh, <laughs> BCC, B, or it wasn't BCC, rather. It was Mox and Kingston. Uh, beating private parties ass. Yeah. Reese Power says, as soon as I saw Kingston with a funk t-shirt, I felt for Quinn and Cassidy. Like, oh, honey, you're going to die. <laughs> That's what happened. They yep. killed him. I just also, I love 
uh, Eddie Kingston wearing those blue, like low Nikes. <laughs> like, yeah. Wrestling footwear has changed so much. I remember when I was doing some of my matches, people were like, you wear amateur wrestling shoes. That's unprofessional. And they're out there and like pouring themselves into singlets. And now yeah. I'm looking, people are wearing Jordans and low top Nikes that you, yep. like, you're going to find that, find those at shoe carnival. Good. Yeah. Wear what yeah. you want. That's just, right. just wear whatever you feel safe in and that can yeah. do the job. I love it. Uh, we've got Nathan saying Angela with the switch comb. That was funny as hell too. That was good. He looked like he had a knife and then he went to the comb. Yep. Oh, I loved everything about that. This segment and the match. It made a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I, I think, I think Mox and, and Eddie are, they're made for each other. I, I, I love, I love Mox as part of the, the BCC, but like, I feel like there was more to be, to be mined from Mox and Eddie. And then Mox went off and, and did his rehab and they kind of like moved on for, for everybody at the time. But I feel like they can go back to it at some point because they're just, they're just, they're just beautiful together. Um, and uh, I, I really like, you know, uh, Regal and, and Jericho backbiting each other on commentary for the whole match. Uh, Isaiah Cassidy sells a German suplex into the ropes like nobody else in wrestling. That was just beautiful. A wonderful a shooting star press from Mark Quinn. I really loved this match. I thought it, it did everything it was needed to. The brawl afterwards with them really focusing on ah oh, Danielson's leg. Oh no! Yeah. I feel like I feel like they're planning a big part of um, anarchy in the arena, built around we have to like somebody like really focusing on Danielson. And at one point, he's got to like drag himself somewhere to help out Moxley or something. It's going to be really great. Yeah. This is really great stuff that the Eddie Kingston stuff g- generally makes sense. Luis Armand says, Y2J's pocket sand looking ass. <laughs> <laughs> Malov says, Eddie Kingston's always right. You'll see as the curtain falls for double or nothing. Uh, we also have Danielson Seidel for Rampage. Yeah. Heck yeah. Hardy's promo and the Bucks, the Hardys, uh, let's, let me tell you. Matt Hardy is definitely the best promo of the family that has yes. been proven time and time again for 23 yeah. years. And that was the case here tonight. Jeff Hardy is not a good promo, but Matt, I thought was, um, I like the over prime line. Like that, that was, that was yeah. good. But then he's like over prime and over time. It's like, no, we got it. We yeah. got that. That was the reference. We understood it, buddy. Um, but I love the passion that Matt showed here. I thought it was really good. Yes, uh, I, I, I'm kind of uh, amazed that I, I haven't seen an ADW all delete wrestling. Like, yes. just take the actual logo and everything and make that into a into a shirt. But um, I think I think this is going to be fun. Listen, I mean, it's it's a match we had to see at least once in AEW, but um, this ain't 2016. Like, this is a, it's a different. 2017, I guess, was was when they had uh, five years ago. Was was the was the latter war? Like, yeah, it's not I gonna mean, be as good as that. I don't think. I hope the, bu- but... the Bucks might might as well be the same guys as they were back then. Yeah, but the Hardys are not, and so we'll see. But I think the Hardys would rather kill themselves than let anybody be disappointed by that match 
So we'll, it's it's they're gonna they're gonna go all out if they wrestle one five star match in their whole net new thing. It's gonna be this one. They're gonna make sure this is the one they're remembered for. Mark says, "Do we not think, or do we not just think Jade and Anna is going to be a five-minute relative squash as a breather between bigger matches? If anything more happens, uh, or anything more than perhaps leading to the debut of a big future challenger, I could see that. I could absolutely see that being like a five-minute yeah. quick match for sure. sure. Yeah. FTR Rapongi, I was loving this until the finish. Mm. Um, also, I love them bringing in Caprice Coleman. I like yeah. Caprice Coleman an awful lot. Um, yeah. I loved interviewing him. I thought Coleman's pulpit back in the day was great heel work that he did on ROH. I'm a big fan of Caprice Coleman. I, I think that it's awesome they're keeping him involved. Reese Power says FTR and Rapongi, stiff guys doing stiff stuff. And uh, <laughs> then we got the finish. Um, Nathan DePaul says, love seeing Khan on the Cobb. Oh, great, great. Yeah. Chris Rain says, I was happy to see Cobb, the other guy, not so much. By the way, guys, when I was burying Khan on Twitter, it's a gag. I did a Quizzlemania <laughs> rib where I was the great O'Shawn and dressed like him. Uh-huh. But Ragnar says, I saw your takes on the Empire. Please tell me you've seen O'Khan. <laughs> Pushy. Great O'Connor has definitely improved since the days of Great O'Shawn and Quizzlemania. I know. But also, this sucked. This was bad. Uh, not necessarily his fault. It was just fun to bust balls. But this didn't look well at the end. First off, a non-finish for this match. I was very excited for this match. Sure. It's a title match this it, it reeked wwe to me this mm-hmm. this screamed wwe to me and i just didn't like it right um and i i agree with all the points that you make about that however i didn't think for a second that rapongi vice was winning so it no. was a it was a foregone conclusion to me i i ftr was going to win the match so the finish being ruined by this doesn't do anything uh, again it, I loved the match. I thought it was really, really well wrestled. There was a fantastic story in the ring. Um, I, I loved all of it. Um, the attack, to me, I think kind of obviously sets up a three-way uh, match for the ROH titles, probably at Forbidden Door. Like, that would be great. Um, but I also want to point out, uh, Jeff Cobb runs down with Great Ocon. Uh, and then uh, JR, <laughs> JR goes... Oh, that's Jeff Cobb, and that other guy is quite a big fella as well. And I just like, I mean, listen, there's a lot of people, I'm sure, who didn't know who Great O'Conn was when he ran down. They might not have known who Jeff Cobb was, but they're not paid to know who these people are. And the fact that JR was like, yeah, that that other guy, whoever that is, he's also very intimidating. Uh, it just, it was just funny to me. Um, I, I think that it's fine. I, I love Jeff Cobb. The, the tour of the islands is one of my favorite things, one of my favorite moves ever. Uh, brutalizing FTR, Rapongi Vice. Okay, cool. Let's, the, if you want to announce your presence as part of the new ROH, or at least for one night only, probably Forbidden Door, I'm cool with it. Let's, let's do it. Yeah. Um, I just, I thought the execution of this wasn't really great. It wasn't great. Wasn't great. Um, I think the match will be good. It's just, I, ah. And Sawyer says, I've been trying to manifest Jeff Cobb back in AEW, but not like this. Ah, yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, we got we've been getting more count out and non finishes in AEW lately, and uh, McCaver says I need to see Jeff Cobb versus Hook determine who the true son of Taz really is. <laughs> I wonder how that match would play out. Like, I wonder if it would be any good. Mm. Brent Lockman says, can we assume that they keep, since they keep bringing back Riccoboni and Coleman, they'll be a part of this new ROH? I sure hope so. I believe so. I, I think so that yeah. I think they will be. Yeah. I guess I should have some more news on that on Fightful Select soon. AK Swall says, what are the betting odds that Great Ocon was the first New Japan talent to appear on AEW TV during Forbidden Door season? Well, I definitely didn't predict that, but I mean, legitimately, he has improved just so much over the last couple of years. Just yeah. just incredibly, incredibly. Ricky, Swerve, and Jungle Boy. Chris Rain says, all I can say about Swerve is, wow, if this was any indication, Alex, that triple threat tag is going to just hump. Yeah. Swerve gets the win. I think it was important for him to get the win because they've been a team, a unit, last, like the, the shortest yeah. amount of time. And they were able to get into this tag title match because it was Jungle Boy who in Trishan who issued the challenge. They mm -hmm. said, no, 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 we're inviting you. We're going to make right. this work. A couple years ago, I said that Swerve needed to find that that little, that one little thing. And he got it. He's got it. He's a special talent. He's so good. And then the aftermath with Keith Lee doing some stuff that he hasn't done in a while yeah. was nice to see as well. Um, I, 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 I would love the match. The match was great. Starks and Swerve and Jungle Boy, Loki, three of the greatest workers in the world in any, uh, in any promotion. Um, this was great. Um, I, I love Swerve pitting up the victory because I'm always rooting for Swerve. I hope that doesn't indicate that, that there's, there's less of a chance of, uh, Swerve in their glory, uh, picking up the victory on uh on sunday because i'm really hoping for for keith lee and, and swerve to become tag champs um if not then i hope it goes to starks and Hobbs because i'm ready i am ready for them to pull the trigger on this christian versus jungle boy feud carry that through the summer do the thing whatever but i think the jungle express jurassic express lucha express whatever they're called has run their course as champs so if you're going to put the title belts on somebody uh, somebody else Either of the two teams on Sunday would be great. I I did love that Hobbs comes down, gets involved. Luchasaurus comes down, does the choke slam, but then his his hand is pulled off of him by by Hobbs, and then we hear Lee's music, and he takes the longest, slowest stroll all the way down to the ring, and nobody does anything because they're just watching Keith Lee because that's how magnetic that dude is. I love Keith Lee. This was exactly what it should be. It was a preview of this Sunday. Yep. And I love it. Uh, Reese says, the first two minutes with Jungle Boy, Ricky, and Swerve, WTF. But Nurguri says that Jungle Express has run its course, strict leaf for the win. Yeah, I. you know what? I agree with that because Ricky's already got that FTW title. But also, Swerve's got a claim to the FTW title now yeah. because he just pinned Ricky Starks in a singles match. Sure. Baliero Lasagna says if that triple threat tonight was any indication the tag title match might steal the show on Sunday, a show with great competitors and matches, Swerve oh, stole yeah. the show tonight, in my humble opinion. Yeah. I was so happy they put an interviewer out there with Thunder Rosa. This went 
so much better than every other promo they've had during this period. I've, I said this years ago in WWE, Alex. Stop sending these people just out there with a mic to be like, here I am to address all you people. And here's where I'm going to complain about this thing publicly. Mm-hmm. No, you have a have an interview out there. You have a Tony Schiavone say, Thunder Rosa, it's great to see you. You're a great world champion. What do you think about this? That way it doesn't come, uh, come across as somebody just out there bitching about stuff and yeah. whining about stuff and being so like like so dramatic about things. And this made sense. Thunder Rosa was like, you trashed one of my mentors. You trashed our division. You trashed me. And now you're going to pay for it. I thought this right. was the best thing of this feud so far. And that's a very low bar. Yeah. Um, I, I love, I love Thunder Rosa. I think she's, she's really great. Um, I, I, I wanted, I wanted to see more of her wrestling, you know, like I, I don't know how many matches we've seen of her since she became the champ. Um, is it like two? Is it, is it two? Is it two? It might be two. I don't know, but I, I want to see her wrestling more. I'm very happy to see her versus Serena Deeb. This is low key. One of the top matches I have wanted from any two women for like the last year. Thunder Rosa for Serena Deeb. I'm happy we're getting it for the titles, uh, for the title at the biggest match, probably the biggest uh, spot in the year for um, for AEW. Um, and I, I think the match is going to be great. I wish the build had been better. Yeah, as do I. As do I. I'm very excited for the match, but oh man, just. Uh, mm. It was it. It just wasn't what I was hoping it would be. Joey Bag of Donuts says, "Why is every Thunder Rosa interview on the ramp?" I mean, because you don't necessarily have to do them in the ring. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care about that. The Axel fact that Hunt- the fact that every one of them has been on the ramp, maybe switch it up sure. and do one of them in the ring. You know? Yeah, I think you should have as many settings as possible. Yeah. Axel said he doesn't necessarily care for that Thunder Rosa promo. Understandable. We had Dan Lambert backstage. Bako 5 says, what the hell are they thinking pairing Sammy and Ty with Frankie? Six-person mixed tag match with five heels. Please, God, send in Miro and end this garbage feud. Um, This went from bad to really, really great to absolute garbage fire terrible. Like, when they, when they, they seemed to pull off the double turn, I was like, hell yeah, this worked out really great. That was kind of a magic trick, and it, it seems like that wasn't their intention, which is even crazier because you lucked into something amazing. If I could figure out a way to get get Sammy booed and and Scorpio cheered, like somehow by accident, and you didn't like just say, "Wow, we lucked into something great. Let's keep going with that," and decided to to go backwards. That was a bad choice, in my opinion. I completely agree. I completely agree. Um, Nerd Guru says it's pretty shocking how far the TNT title is falling. Don't understand the logic. Tony has to know no one could possibly give a shit about this. I mean, I had some optimism when Tony said, Well, I thought that they were baby faces, but they're heels. I had some optimism that that he was a bit in tune with that, but this just isn't good unless they've got a a like some sort of rabbit in their hat or trick up their sleeve or something like that. I don't see it. Get in your super chats. Get in your humper chats, guys. Let's address some that that are about some other segments. We got Doug Khan saying, I can see Christian screwing over Jungle Boy Saturday. Me too. And I'm ready for that feud. 
That feud is one that I think can main event a right now before they've even done the turn. It can main event like a dynamite or something. I, I could, I could easily see the story of Christian like giving jungle boy a chair to use or something. And jungle boy, like not wanting to do it that way. Then jungle boy ended up taking the pin and Christian being pissed at him for like pussing out or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Storm and Norm says this wasn't the best go home show show ever, but it buttered my muffin matches had stakes and were entertaining. The last time WWE did this was 2018 when Bex Flair Rousey destroyed a DCPD car when go home shows were men yeah. loved everyone. Gabagool. That is truly one of my favorite go home segments ever. And the more I watch it like each year, I'm like, damn, I missed that. That was so it was like equal parts entertaining, chaotic, and hilarious and ridiculous. Yeah, uh, I loved it. But Alan Marks uh, talks about uh, the Red Velvet Ruby interview, and he says, "Let Statlander win the Owen, then Stat versus Jade for the belt." Uh, I wouldn't hate Statlander versus Jade, but I'll tell you what I also didn't hate: Red Velvet going, "No shit, Tony." That popped me. <laughs> That popped me. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm into it. Uh, I think that you know, like, I, I'm, I, I don't know. It's, a, I will talk about the second. I thought it was this was Tony Storm's tournament to lose. I did too. Um, uh, and so with her gone, um, the it's it, it seems to me like the winner has to come from the other side of the bracket. I, I just I hope somebody out there is reading the room on on Brit fatigue. Um, and we'll talk about that, but I love Ruby and it does feel like she came in with all this fanfare and all this amazing goodwill from the fans. And she had her match uh, versus Brit and has steadily just plateaued somewhere in the mid card, the lower mid card of the ladies division. I think that they can, they can do something pretty awesome and do right by her and get her more prominently featured. If she's the one who comes out on top at the end of this thing as well. Oh, man. They says no casino battle royal at double or nothing. Not as of yet. Um, yet. If they if they announce one, I think that'd be great for the buy-in. Yeah. I think that'd be a good one for the buy-in. Also, I want to just mention, because you weren't on the show with me last Friday covering Rampage. Yeah. But when they tore up the title belt, when Sammy tore up the title belt, I said, who could possibly give a shit? Yeah. Who could possibly give a shit? Like, we don't know they're going to have another one. And, oh, by the way, they were running around with two of them yeah. for months on television. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. Britt Baker, Tony Storm. I thought this was Tony Storm's tournament. Um, also, I could see Britt Baker and Adam Cole both winning the Owen and doing, like, the in-house thing. Yeah. I didn't think this match ended up well. Uh, it was. It just wasn't for me. Uh, the finish was not for me. Britt winning wouldn't have bothered me at all. I mean, she's a top star. Like, I know a lot of people get like th- their asses get chapped when Charlotte wins a lot. Mm-hmm. I-, I think that Britt's going to be in a similar role where she's perpetually protected and perpetually up top because she is one of the top performers there. Right. I just didn't think that this ended up working well. Nerd Drew says, I'm fed up with this women's division booking, stuffing all the women's stuff into a 30-minute window towards the end of the show. When's the last time they were in the first hour, which is always hot? I'm disappointed and frustrated. I'm sorry, but Britt winning at all, let alone the way she did with some backwards ass shit. How was this not Tony 
tournament to win. Maybe Ruby gets her win back, but I definitely can see them wanting Cole as Brit as the winners, which Brit doesn't need. Trash. I feel like this might garner the wrong kind of heat for Britt Baker. Yep. Um, however, that is online. Listen to the crowd, and the crowd's telling you a different story. And when you're there, the crowd's popping. When she shows up at AIW, the crowd's going ape shit. Like, that's just the way that it is. Um, this definitely wasn't her best showing, but I look at this and I'm like, it wouldn't surprise me if Britt wins this, considering that she is a, one of the top top performers. But what do you think of all this? I think, just as a on general principle, having a heel win both tournaments when it's like a feel good thing honoring Owen Hart feels like a misstep to me. I want to be able to really vociferously cheer for the person who wins the Owen Hart Cup. Like that's that's what I would like. That's just my own personal thing. The first time. Beyond then, if you're doing this every year, it could be different. But the first time, I feel like I want to cheer for whoever wins. Um, uh, Britt, the, the finish was very odd with Jamie coming out and Britt being like, what are you doing out here? Uh, and then I think the finish was supposed to be like Jamie Hayter um, helping Britt cheat, but that didn't actually come across. And Britt grabbing the ropes at the last second really didn't do anything to help her pin Tony it was the whole thing didn't really quite work. The thing when you when you did a, a, a you made a comparison of of Brit to Charlotte. The thing for me about Charlotte is the way that they have presented her as a character. She lost the title to Ronda, and she literally had to go away, even if she wasn't going away to do with personal stuff or 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 rehab an mm -hmm. actual injury or whatever. She had to go away because the way they presented her, if she is not the champion or about to become the champion, she doesn't work as a character. And I don't want that to become where Brit is slotted into because it becomes really hard to present her in storylines outside of that. Um, so I don't want that to be what they do with Brit. But uh, Brit is super over. She's going to remain super over. I just feel like there's there could be a time for her to go away for like two months and come back and you'll be amazed at how everybody, even the people who don't like her on Twitter, will be like, yay, Brit's back, because we don't see her all the time as the main character of the women's division for months and months and months and months. We have Jordan Scott saying, if Brit and Cole win, give me them versus the Garganos. I know it's old NXT, but I'll take that victory lap. I mean, Brit wasn't old NXT, so I mean, there's, there's some good element there. Sawyer says, I'm okay holding off on Tony, but when are they pulling the trigger on Hater if not tonight? Such a weird booking. I mean, yeah, to me, Brit losing and moving to Brit and Hater right. is a natural, non-title, non-stake story that makes sense. That's what I would um, like, yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I look at, and I'm like, okay, um, we, we can we can rock with that. And that, that's what this division needs. But I, I fear that like a lot of these new people that come in, like Tony and Ruby, become always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Yeah. Pedriac says, calling my shot, Ruby gets her big win when Tony counter-interferes to cut off Jamie cheating. Starting a Brit-Tony feud pays off Ruby's dark work, too. You know, I, would, I wouldn't mind that at all, either. I think Ruby yeah. getting a big win needs to, needs to happen as well. 
Nick says this end seems to be a twofold setup. The hater Brit split for disobeying and Tony Brit because of the cheating. I, you know what, that, that makes sense. I just want to see it play. I, I do want to see it play out yeah. and I want to see it play out with some good story that isn't just two people standing across each other with Tony Schiavone backstage, trash talking each other. Right. That's true. Lord Jackson says Tony Chris on pay-per-view would have been incredible. Honestly, it'd be better than whatever match happens instead. Hope it won't happen, but I'm mentally preparing myself for Cole Britt as dual Owen winners. I know how much I'll dislike it. Well, I'll tell you something that might ease that pain a little bit, Lord Jackson. If you're paying for your pay-per-views by using NordVPN.com slash Fightful, because with NordVPN.com slash Fightful, not only are you going to get a great deal and an additional month free, get a 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can subscribe to overseas service that allow you to order those pay-per-views at a much more discounted rate. You can subscribe to a lot of overseas services that have uh, different programming options and avoid those geo-blocking situations that you can get into, especially if you're traveling and you're trying to watch all your favorite shows. Maybe you're abroad and you want to watch some American shows. NordVPN.com slash Fightful allows you to just change that virtual location with just one click with the fastest VPN in the world. On top of that, they got that threat protection. No more malware, no more annoying pop-up ads or online trackers with NordVPN.com slash Fightful, plus a 30-day money-back guarantee. Heck yeah. 30-day money-back guarantee. How can you beat that? You can't. That's the answer. You can't. Also, avoid price discrimination, which is really, really great uh, in this day and age where flights are through the roof. And those cookies, they'll get you. They'll get you. You come back to shop for stuff, and all of a sudden the price is hiked up. Not with NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Use this stuff every day. I love my VPN. It's been a lifesaver for me. Check it out. NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Todd Starr says, I've had Brit fatigue since November tonight. Did not change that. I was a big fan a year ago. She has now changed the channel. I don't agree with that, but I don't think she's been booked well. Yeah, Mark says, I, go ahead, yeah, sorry. I, I, I know there, there, there are uh, a number of people that I see on my timeline who have some Brit fatigue. Depend, depending on, on, on uh, there's a gradient amount depending on the spectrum but um yeah but I, I i just think that they might benefit from having somebody be a different main character of, of the women's division mark says said it from the beginning ruby's winning she came into pop, uh, into a pop sure but has put in her time waited for her booking and it's now she beats the former champion Riho, powerhouse statlander and the former champion brit cole wins on the other side one heel one face i would love that person sure, sure. i don't think brit needs to win this and i think that that can launch her or feud guys we're heading down the home stretch super chats humper chats you can get those in now uh don't forget we have a plethora of shows all throughout this week but please leave us a thumbs up we had samoa joe and kyle o'reilly and of course samoa joe wins it would have been fun to see kyle o'reilly and adam cole playing off of that but we knew where this was going samoa joe defeats kyle o'reilly chris rain says what a match todd star says Main event was great. Rest of the show was slightly above average. Ready for Sunday. I, I This match was, to me, one of the highlights. I loved um, the opening segment, and I loved this. The, the things that sandwiched this show, I thought, were just 
intensely good. Yeah. I, uh, this was everything I wanted out of a Samoa Joe and Kyle O'Reilly match. Like everything. Uh, down, down to both men, uh, you know, selling injuries through the whole thing. I love, I listen, ever since they had the whole cupping thing with like the, 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 the treatment for the muscle they do with the cupping. And, and every time I see that, I was like, Oh, that's, that's an injury. You can play off of that. I love that. It's right there. You have to do the kinesio tape. That right there was like, Oh, I, I love that. I love, um, uh, the, all the Kyle Riley's leg kicks. They always look like they're just going to break somebody's femur. I just, I love all of it. Like Samoa Joe being no nonsense, nonsense about everything. Uh, Kyle Riley having a bunch of, of Samoa Joe stuff scouted because he's such a cerebral guy as a wrestler. Um, this was so, so great. I loved the finish of, um, um, just him going after that left arm of Samoa Joe all match and Samoa Joe getting him in the Coquina clutch and immediately him like, like if I can get him to tap out by breaking his arm before I pass out, then I win says Kyle Riley. And that was a bet that he made and a bet that he lost. I loved the finish. It was really good. Of course, we have Cole coming out at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alan says, the match the Fed missed out on Joe versus Cole. Really, Joe versus UE. Buddy, they missed out on a lot of stuff with Joe. Like when when the Shield reunited, like they, yeah. I, I thought that the Shield reuniting, even a heel run Shield would have been good. Yeah. Them against Joe and Authors of Pain. Ooh, I thought that would have been Perfect. really good. Uh, by the way, guess who's interviewing the Authors of Pain? very soon Hmm. Derek gordon says this seemed to be a setup ruby winning after jamie tries to help like last time but ruby has it scouted leading to brit jamie statlander jade i think that would be very good but i I don't know if giving statlander a tbs title shot off a loss would be good so they got to build that up yeah joey bag of donuts says nice of kyle to do that tribute to dusty Rhodes wwf days with the polka dot back very clever uh yeah, cupping cupping looks obnoxious. I see people that have done the cupping thing, and I'm like, what What the heck, man? What the heck? Yeah. But hey, you know yeah. what? I'm taking care of the damn body. That's what they're doing. Yeah. AT says, Britt wins, Cole wins. Britt celebrating with Cole. Lights out, lights on. Candace and Johnny in the ring. That's lights out, lights on worthy, yeah. in my opinion. That would be. That That's worth it to me, AT. Sure. I'm with you, buddy. Sure. I'm with you. Brent says, you break him on the anvil. I love Joe so very much. It was crazy watching Kyle O'Reilly trying to kill him with bug bites. It was a clinic. It was a very well-constructed match. It was very Loved smart. It. Well, guys, it'll be very smart of you to join our AEW post-show. Oh, wait, which one? How about both of them? On the main feed, it's myself and Julie Cutler. I've not been on an AEW post-show in over a year. I'm here. We have Will live at the scrum afterward or after uh, the event. I'm going to be getting fed information directly from the scrum. So I'm going to be reciting that to you guys on the air. I got Julie Cutler joining me. But over on Fightful Select Sunday, Alex and Kate will have a simultaneous Sour Graps episode of the review. So maybe you just like Alex more than me and you want to head over there. Alex, tell him about it. Uh, or, or maybe, let's be honest, maybe you like Kate. Because she's she sure. she she drives a lot of the traffic, but that's fine. Um, uh, yeah, Kate and I uh, will not be sour. I'm almost positive we will not be sour after do- double or nothing. Uh, that should be a lot of fun. 
Um, I'm really looking forward to it. We had our, our, our previous one after Revolution, which was, was a lot of fun as well. Uh, most of this is going to be like, wow, this was great. Here's where we think we're going after this, and I can't wait to be right or wrong. Um, but yeah, we have so much fun talking about AEW over there. Over there. Um, so yeah, come over and hang out with us at Fightful Select. You can follow me on the Twitter at Alex Sour Graps. Sour Graps is on Mondays and Fridays yeah. talking about stuff that's significantly worse than Double or Nothing, Raw and SmackDown. Also on Tuesdays, talking about some really weird stuff they got going on in NXT. Uh, so yeah, and, and then we'll prob- we're going to be doing, again, probably uh, next Saturday, one after the Not A Takeover, the In Your House on Peacock, and then after Hell in a Cell, the following night, we're going to be doing another one. I forgot Let's that was. I, hang out. I forgot all that out. was that weekend. I, I really on, did. Sawyer says Joe versus KOR selling was a dream match for me. That was very, very good. Uh, guys, a, a lot of crazy shit happening in the world. Uh, spend time with the ones that you love. It's really, it, for me, put into perspective that a lot of trivial shit, especially uh, wrestling Twitter bullshit, yeah. is not worth your time. It's not worth the anger. It's not worth the frustration. Support the ones that support you and show love to those people because you don't know what's going to happen. And uh, hopefully this crazy bullshit stops because it's unnecessary. Uh, again, spend time with the one you love and we love all of you and we thank all of you for supporting us. We are a very publicly supported website. So uh, I appreciate you guys so much. The Citizen says, what about my super chat? Well, The Citizen I'm going to track it down right now. I'm going to scroll on up and I'm going to try to find it as we wrap up. But uh, to uh, plug some of the things this week, Hangman Page interview has already dropped. Oh, the citizen said, why isn't Hangman bringing up Colt? That is a no-go. That is a a non-touch territory. I feel like if it wasn't a no-go, they would use it in this. Exactly, But it's a no-go. Guys, thank you all so much. Again, I appreciate every single one of you. See you guys soon. We're out. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.